the book of Genesis in chapter 3. I don't know if, if everybody does it. I certainly do it more times than I care to admit. But if you've ever asked your wife where you want to go to eat, what do you want to eat after this morning, you may not ask her that anymore. Uh, we all know about that serious mistake that Eve made. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But uh, but we're going to stay off of Eve. She, uh, she, she made a mistake and she messed up. But ultimately, Adam messed up a little bit worse than she did. We're going to begin in verse 12 this morning of Genesis in chapter 3. Genesis in chapter 3, verse 12. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and then I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed. Above all cattle, above every beast of the field, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And unto the woman I shall greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shall I bring forth children, and they shall desire to be uh, thy husband. And he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and thou hast eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. And sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And in the, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Till thou return into the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather at your house this morning. God, we thank you for the wonderful, beautiful day that you've blessed us with, all the blessings of life that you've given us. God, help us so we can be ever thankful. God, help us as we look into your word this morning, God, that we can see the condition that we're in. God, that we can understand the reason we're here. It's, it's not because of Adam and Eve. God, it's because of our sin. God, help us so we can see the sacrifice that your son made, the debt that he paid so that we might be saved. God, if it be a lost one among us this morning, I pray that this could be the hour they could turn and accept Christ Jesus as their Savior before it be everlasting too late. God, that they would hearken unto your word, not of the things of the world. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning we're going to stay away from the fact the devil lied. We know he lies. We, heck, everybody in here lies. It's, it's human nature and it's because of this. But we're going to stay away from that. We're going to stay away from the fact that he deceived Eve. Because God, God gave the commandment to Adam. He told Adam, don't eat. Adam didn't pay attention to the serpent. I'm not sure if Adam ever met the serpent. Adam hearkened unto his wife. And because of this, a sentence was passed. Because of the sin of Adam, a sentence was passed. And, and let's pay very close attention here. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Adam was cursed. It said that the woman would have, would have pain and conception, travail in childbirth. But it does not say that Adam was cursed. God did not curse Adam. God cursed the world. And if you walk through the yard and you get stickers in your feet, you understand it. God didn't curse Adam. Sentence was passed and judgment was made, but it was not made on people. Sentence is passed on us because of our own sin, not because of Adam's sin. We're sinners by nature. We mess up on a daily basis. 
First thing Adam tried to do, he said, God, he said, God, look, to, the woman gave it to me. The woman that you gave me. God don't take excuses. There's a lot of things in this world that we can listen to, that we can hearken to, that we can allow to, to get into our life, to, to mess us up, to distract us, to stray us away from God's Word, to give us an excuse not to pray, to give us an excuse not to read His Word, to give us an excuse not to show up to church, but God don't accept that. Why? We don't have an excuse good enough. God is reachable 24-7 through prayer. God can speak to us through anything, through nature, if we're apt to listening. God don't accept excuses no matter where we try to lay the blame off to. There used to be a person that lived in our house growing up. Name was nobody. Because every time mom asked, who did this? Not me. Nobody. Him. The other brother. We tried real hard to lay blame off on everything. I'm a school teacher and the, the people usually don't say much, but whenever they ask... I'm not going to point any elbows, but it, it was her. They don't, they don't want to rat anybody out, but they're they not going to get in trouble themselves either. They try to lay the blame off on somebody else. The first thing Adam did, he said, the, the woman told me to do it. And then who'd, Adam, uh, who'd Eve lay the blame off on? She said, the snake beguiled me. He lied to me. Anybody in here never been lied to? People lie to me all the time. But it's my fault if I believe it. People try to distract me and try to, well, we're going to use the word tempt this morning. The serpent tempted Eve. She had a decision to make, right or wrong, yes or no. She chose wrong. She had a 50-50 shot, and she chose wrong. So, going by statistics, Adam had the same 50-50 shot. Because Eve went the wrong direction, we think in theory that Adam should have got it right. Because he had the same 50-50 shot. And since Eve had already taken the wrong 50%, it makes sense that maybe perhaps Adam would take the right direction. He didn't. Adam was not forced to eat the fruit. Just out of curiosity, what was the fruit? The Bible don't say it was an apple. If you ever want to mess with somebody's head, ask them. Because in all the pictures, it's an apple. But we're not going to get off on that. Adam was not forced to eat the fruit. Eve did not cut it up and sneak it into his food. I hate pecans. I absolutely hate them. The texture of them just, just freaks me out. And my grandma, she, she snuck them in cookies before, and, and I can taste the texture every time. And she bought some cookies from the store one time, stuck them in the oven. She had no idea they had pecans in them. I took the first bite, and I knew it. I felt it. I spit it out. I could not swallow it. She had no idea they had pecans in them. But she's tried tricking me before Shoving pecans and chocolate chip cookies. Putting extra chocolate chips to make them taste better. But I can still taste it. But no matter what she did to them, she couldn't force that down my throat. She couldn't do it. They make a long, well mine's red and plastic. It's about yay long. You put them big old cow peels in. I think they're called boluses. But you can shove it down a cow's throat and you can force that cow to take that peel. Eve did not force that fruit down Adam's throat. That serpent did not force that food that fruit down Eve's throat. She was tempted and she succumbed. Adam was tempted and he succumbed. And on that day, sentence was passed because of a decision that he made, because of a choice that he made. We didn't have a choice to become a sinner. But if we'd have had a choice, we'd have become a sinner anyway. 
Because we've all sinned, even though we knew that it was the wrong thing to do. We've all messed up at some point in time. If churches were full of perfect people, there wouldn't be a point in having a church. Church is like a hospital. You show up whenever you're sick and broken and scarred and in need of help. Because the perfect people don't come to church. Only the imperfect. The ones that God can help. The ones that the Word can do good for. Here, Adam messed up. And it cost him a lot. Whenever we, whenever we come to the age that we recognize we're sinners, we understand that our sin has cost us everything. We're going to get to that in a minute. God does not take excuses. And Eve could not force that apple, that fruit, down his throat. But then God comes and, and He creates what we call marks of displeasure. He places a curse on the earth. And we're going to read it one more time. In verse 17, he said, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Here, God curses the habitation of Adam. He curses where he lives. He cursed how he, how he survives. He made it hard. Before the sin, before the fall of man, life was easy. Life was gravy. I'm not sure if they even slept. I know they didn't have to hold the ground. I know the, the hardest part of their day had to have been just reaching up and taking the fruit out of the tree. But after that, it was, it was harder. God cursed the habitation of Adam. He said that from here on out, it's, it, you have subjected paradise to vanity. And for the rest of your life, for the rest of the life of humankind, the earth is going to be subjected to that. The whole earth, top to bottom, north pole to south pole, east to west, all the way around was cursed. You can take the most prettiest piece of ground ever, just nothing but grass, as far as you can see, you run a tiller across it, and in two weeks that is going to be the weediest bunch of grass you have ever seen. Amen. Weeds are going to come up everywhere. You can spray for them, and in three weeks they're coming right back. No matter what you do with your garden, you're going to have weeds. You can bring in bags of topsoil that's been treated, you're going to have weeds. You can put pine straw over your flower bed, the weeds are coming through. It's going to happen. Whenever you plant tomatoes, you're going to get bottom end rot, blossom end rot, something like that. They're going to rot at the bottom. Bell peppers are going to pinch off at the stalk. It's going to be hard to grow. Some people have a green thumb. Great, wonderful. It's still a labor. The habitation of mankind was cursed. Before this, I'm not sure there was such thing as erosion. I don't think there was such thing as weeds. I think everything that God caused to grow over in chapter 2 was good to eat, was pretty. Weeds can be pretty, but golly, they're aggravating. It's because of the curse. It's because of the fall of man. It's because, it's because Adam succumbed to the temptation. Fruitfulness is his blessing. God did not curse man. If God would have cursed man, man wouldn't have made it. God still gave man an out. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, you're going to have to hoe the garden all the time. You're going to have to spray for weeds. 
You're going to have to deal with things dying. But he said, he said, if you work for it, you'll be blessed. And the blessing is the fruit. The blessing is the product. Even through everything that, that, that Adam did, God said, I'll still take care of you. But now you're going to have to work for it. Thing is, we still have to work for our natural food. But that spiritual food is just as easy as it's been down through time. We have to work to be fed naturally. But we have to allow God to feed us to feed us spiritually. Amen. Our spiritual food can still come as easy and as simple as it did in the Garden of Eden. We're reaching up and taking a fruit would fill them. Reaching up to God in prayer will fill us. Reaching out to God through His Word will fill us spiritually. But we have to reach out. We have to work. We, we have to put forth just a little bit of effort. Verse 19 says, The sweat of thy face, thou shalt eat bread, and thou shalt return to the ground. He took, God took the enjoyment and He turned it around. Adam was in paradise in Eden. But he took all the enjoyments and he turned it into an employment. He said, now you're going to have to work. The Bible says if a man don't work, he don't eat. That's exactly what God was telling Adam. He said, you're going to have to work for what you get now. You're going to have to put forth a little bit of effort. Instead of sitting back and enjoying everything, instead of life becoming a permanent vacation, he said, you're going to have to work for your food. And he did. And for the most part, with the exception of a select few, we still do have to work for our food. Grocery stores don't take, please let me have some. They take cash. We still have to work for what we get. We still we can't live life on a permanent vacation because this earth that we live on and everything in it, naturally speaking, is cursed. It's cursed of God because of the sin of Adam. The third thing in verse 19 is thou shalt return to the ground. For out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. The last part of the sentence that God passed on this earth because of Adam's sin was death. Adam and Eve was both set to live forever. But whenever they took of that fruit, their eyes were open, and death entered into the world as the consequence for sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin are death. What it cost us to sin is to die. But I know you've heard me say it before, and I'm going to say it one more time. If you're born once, you're going to die two times. But if you're born twice, you're only going to die once. One death is required. The second is not. The second is not because of what came next. It says in verse 21 that God did make them coats of skins and clothed them. Through the shedding of blood, their nakedness was clothed, was covered, was taken care of. And because of this, the sentence was satisfied through God's Son, Jesus Christ. Everything that God cursed, Jesus fulfilled. Travail pains came with sin. 
Isaiah 53.11 says that Christ's soul was in travail. We're all subject to sin. We can't help it. It's nature. Christ was subjected to the law. He was under the law. He fulfilled every bit of it. Every last leaking bit. He did exactly what we could not do. Everything that that curse covered, Christ fulfilled. From top to bottom. The lamb was cursed. The whole earth. Galatians says that Christ was made the curse for us. Thorns came with the sin of man. And they were platted onto Jesus' head in a crown. Sweat came with sin. God said that Adam was sweat. And Jesus sweat like great drops of blood for us. Everything that the curse brought, Jesus fulfilled. Sorrow came with sin. Pain. Christ's soul, time and time again, was exceedingly sorrowful. Jesus wept because of death. Sorrow came with pain. And death came with sin. Jesus died to death on the cross. He was obedient unto death. He fulfilled everything that God cursed. He passed it all. But you know what the beautiful part was? We sang the song this morning. The old rugged cross made the difference. I love the song. It has a beautiful meaning. But the cross didn't mean anything. Man that hung on it meant everything. He made all the difference. Not because he lived, but because he lived perfectly. Not because he was obedient to death, but because he conquered death. Not because he died, but because he rose again. And He did it for us. He did it because we could not. He did it because there was no way after the fall of man that we could reach God again. But the blood of Jesus made the difference. Amen. All the difference. And the beautiful thing is that, that it's offered to us. If you're here and lost this morning where you're sitting, you're bound for hell. That's it, That's as far as it goes. The most beautiful thing you'll ever see in your life, you'll see right now on earth. The greatest time you'll ever have will be right now, between now and the day you die. The best you'll ever be, the happiest you'll ever see yourself is on earth, which is sad because there ain't very much happiness in this earth when it comes to things of God. Amen. Because everything has been touched by sin. Everything has been touched by the curse. Everything. Don't get me wrong. I try real hard to find happiness in everything because I like smiling. But there's nothing compared to the happiness we'll see whenever we see Jesus. This is nothing compared to the happiness in heaven. And if you're here and lost, you'll never see it. But Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid the price so that you could be saved. So that you could go to heaven. So that you wouldn't be touched by this sin, by this curse. So that you wouldn't be damned by this curse. Because that's where we all end up. The Bible says where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched because of our sin. Because of what I did, that's what I deserved. 
Because of what Jesus did, that's what He offers. It's freedom from that. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be saved. The Bible says that if you'll believe on the name of Jesus our Lord, you'll be saved. And that's all it takes. All it took for Adam to doom all mankind was listening to his wife. And they wonder why I never listened. Adam messed up one time. All Eve ever did was pay attention to the lies of a, must have been a pretty snake. I find it hard to imagine, but God said that he, when he cursed the serpent, and said that he'd slide on his belly, so he must have been on feet, standing up, funny looking snake. But Eve paid attention to the snake, and she succumbed to temptation. Adam paid attention to his wife, and he succumbed to temptation. I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen, but we should listen to God first. God is saying that Jesus paid it all. He paid for my sins so that I would only have to die once. He paid for your sins so that you could be born twice. And if you'll believe on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, you can be born again. You can be saved. That's a promise from God. Don't get hung up on fireworks. There probably won't be any. Don't get hung up on a real big feeling. The Bible says it's the heart is deceitful among all things. Don't get hung up on what other people say. On how tingly your fingers get. The Bible don't say that fingers is salvation. The Bible don't say that fireworks cause salvation. The Bible don't say that there'll be a great and wonderful thing that's going to happen because there may not be. If you pray in your heart, for Jesus to save you, he'll save you. And that's all there is to it. It's simple, it's easy, it's not hard. But it's a promise of God. If you're here and lost this morning, the prayer for prayer of this church is that you'll accept Christ as your Savior. Because one day it'll be too late. If you're here this morning and you don't know our Bible teaches of a knowing salvation, 100%, for His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we might know that we are the children of God. Amen. This is not a think. This is not a maybe. The white avalanche that rides around pine says an eternity in hell is a long time to be wrong. It's in a long time for a perhaps, for a maybe, for a I think so. It's a long time to wish that you'd have one more chance to get saved. This morning is your opportunity. If you're unsaved, I urge you to talk to someone. To talk to God. If you're confused, if it's complicated, if it's a maybe, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. If you've already been baptized, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing at all. Eternity in hell is a long time to regret how other people look at you. And eternity in hell is a long time to regret not making sure. Eternity in hell is a long time. Amen. I will have a verse of a song. I'll ask for a verse of invitation. If anyone would have anything on their heart, we'll give it this opportunity. Turn to number 235 in the red book.